Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hope all is well. This is Perizopoulos. Welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. And today we're going to finish up the four elements of true love from Thich Nhat Hanh's How to Love. So I think it was our last episode. We spoke about compassion and equanimity. And I think it's a great way to sort of round out his definition by having a little bit, a little bit more and finishing up the four parts. So the first one we'll discuss is loving kindness, which he says, the first element of true love is loving kindness. The essence of loving kindness is being able to offer happiness. You can be the sunshine for another person. You can't offer happiness until you have it for yourself. So build a home inside by accepting yourself and learning how to love and heal yourself. Learn how to practice mindfulness in such a way that you can create moments of happiness and joy for your own nourishment. Then you have something to offer the other person. This, to me, is a practice. And we might ask ourselves, right, when do I feel happy and joyful? What role do I play in that? What role does the external world play in that? How can I take greater control over, even just today, right, these 24 hours, over my feeling of joy and happiness? I think that's a really interesting series of questions that we could address with our practices that we've discussed at length now. And one that ultimately will encourage us to live differently, maybe. I think it's, you know, we talk a lot about the Stoic virtues, right? Justice, wisdom, discipline, confidence or courage. All of those are very important. And I think those can be sources of joy. I know I feel happy and joyful when, I, when I've been confident. Right? I know that's, that's actually something very real for me. Like I think striving to be courageous in the world, to take action when we're afraid to do something good as a rough definition of courage, right? that does bring joy. That being said, and I know I've mentioned that Ryan Holiday, a modern Stoic, has commented on a lack of conversations or discussions within the Stoic school about joy. And I would agree with him on that, actually. I think there should – I wish there was more on joy from the Stoics, right? And here we have Thich Nhat Hanh discussing, I think, really nicely how we have to work on cultivating joy within ourselves and then offering it to others, which I do think the Stoics would agree with. And as I just said a moment ago, I think they would probably argue that it is joyful, right? We should be happy when we treat someone fairly, when we treat ourselves fairly. We should be happy when we acquire and live new wisdom. That should bring joy. That being said, I also think, you know, if we're going to add to the four Stoic virtues, especially if we're seeing them as aims, right? Seeing them as things that we constantly have to renew. We constantly have to try to embody, but then also pursue, especially with confidence, right? It's like when you've done something that required confidence enough, it no longer requires confidence. So the confident person then I think has to move on to the next, let's say, uh, the next fear in a sense, right? And again, it's not just fear for fear's sake, the next thing that they're seeing as a good thing that would be healthy for them and others, of service to others and of service to themselves, that they're a little nervous about. Let's define it that way, right? The confident person needs things that require confidence. Things that require confidence also require fear, right? So there's a sense that we have to be with these virtues, that there's, there's, there's a lack of completeness to them, right? We talked about incompleteness a little bit already this week, that, that you know, there's a beauty there. There's beauty in that incompleteness because there's room for this expression of philosophy as the pursuit of virtue, as the embodiment of virtue, as something that, like you know, Sisyphus, we're constantly pushing the rock. You're never done being confident. You're never done being just. You're never done being wise, or you're never done being disciplined. These things will serve us in life all the time. 
Now, that being said, or let's say understanding those virtues in that way, if I was going to add to those four Stoic virtues, I think maybe even the very next one might be joy. There's virtue in righteous joy. If you find joy in the right things, I do think that's virtuous. And I think it's important to prioritize, as Tignatana is saying, that you feel joyful. There's nothing wrong with that. I think at times for me, I struggle with this because I don't want to be selfish. Or I've often found it to be the case that I, I obsess with being of service and fulfilling obligations to, let's say, family members. And that's really important, I think. That being said, I think we also need to make time, as Han is saying here, to prioritize our own joy. And maybe that's a habit or a ritual, right? One of my favorite uh, questions to ask my students is, what are your happiness habits? We need those. And we need them, I think, to be, and I mean this kindly, right, to be as insulated from the external world as possible. We need them to be as protected from external influence as possible so we can return to them easily and readily and, consistent, and consistently. Right, so maybe your thing is you wake up a little bit early and you do something for 20 minutes that brings you a sense of joy. Maybe it's reading, maybe it's exercising, right? Whatever. But I do think, as Han is saying, we need that so then we can offer it to others as well. But we don't want to, let's say, cultivate it for ourselves only so we can offer it to others. It's valuable for us in and of itself, in and of itself. Right, So you want to keep that in mind. And I love the kind of relationship here. These things serve each other. And Han has other great reflections on this too. And I, I believe this as well. When you're generally on the joyful, happy side, you move different on the planet. Right, You offer that to others almost, I think, unconsciously in the way that you smile, in the way that you greet people. Right, And we pick up on that. We're very intuitive. Right, So the idea here of Maybe if we need to, shifting our priorities a little bit, not losing ourselves in a relationship. I recently, you know, my students and I had a conversation about love and relationships as our book discussed it, as I mentioned, right? And one student brought up the idea, you know, you can lose yourself in a relationship. That's very common. But this, I think, is a great way to keep in mind, or this quote about loving kindness that no, like, make sure you don't forget to make yourself joyful. And the relationship ultimately will benefit from this. You losing yourself, that's not going to go well because you're going to get resentful, right? Well, something that we, we talked about too that might be useful, and this is a little bit of a secondary point, but compromising in a relationship is important. And this is a romantic relationship. It's a friendship, family relationship too, I think. Although this is more about the romantic relationship, I would say. Um, compromising is important, but so is compatibility, Right? If you're compatible, you'll have to make compromises. That's always going to be a part of a relationship. But if you're really compatible, at least compatible enough, you won't have to make so many compromises that you feel like you're losing yourself or you feel like you're constantly compromising. That's not healthy. If you're constantly giving up your joy, your happiness, instead of cultivating within yourself. And what's great about this Thich Nhat Hanh idea too is that he's talking about reciprocation here. You should be the sunshine for someone else. You should offer happiness to someone else while you make it for yourself. And if you should make it for them, guess what? They should make it for you too. And let's for a moment here shift gears and go to the fourth element, which is joy from Thich Nhat Hanh, right? When you know how to generate joy, it nourishes you and nourishes the other person. Your presence is an offering like fresh air or spring flowers or the bright sky. So once again, that great verb to offer, right? And I think Han elsewhere would say too, like, if you're constantly upset in the relationship, 
something there isn't working. And I think that speaks to the centrality and the importance of joy. And this might boil down to a conversation with your friend or significant other or family member, like where you open up lovingly, right? Why are we not happy when we're together? Why are we not joyful recently? What do you think's happening? And that's a profoundly philosophical conversation because you have to control your soul. You have to control your emotions. You have to control the way you perceive what they say, the way you judge what they say. You have to be thinking of thoughtful questions that will hopefully get to the heart of what the problem might be. Right? So if relationships aren't offering us or seem to us at the moment to not offer joy, we have to consider that. We have to question it. And for me, this... this little section, these two ideas really resonate because for me, I've been giving my, uh, let's say I've been offering myself a lot of joy recently because I've been asking the following questions. How can I make someone else joyful today? And how can I train myself today? So those two questions, although seemingly maybe not all that related, right, have been working for me. And I think the first one clearly connects nicely to what Han is offering, right? There's also a great piece from the School of Life where they discuss how to lead a happier life. And one of those things centers on like not focusing so much on your own happiness, but instead offering joy or happiness to other people and making that more of your priority. And again, I wouldn't say that that would be at the expense of having time, as Han is suggesting here, to create your own joy, create your own happiness. But sometimes if that's just not working, you have to just maybe shift the gaze a little bit. So take a moment, think about where and how kindness plays a role in your life. Where and how do you offer other people joy? And how is joy being offered to you by the people around you? And if you're struggling to answer these questions positively, let this episode be maybe the moment where you take 15 minutes after and like write about it, think about it. And maybe for lack of a better way of putting it, prepare to talk to some people. And try to do it in the context of, of this, you know, this discussion and the last couple of days conversations as well. Like, how do you do that lovingly? Right? I think leading with questions instead of statements is a really good idea. I think controlling your emotions is a really good idea. But I also think that avoiding the difficult conversation is not a good idea. Right? So I think what Han is offering here should raise some awareness, hopefully around how our relationships are making us, or let's say encouraging, like even that phrase, right? Making us, be careful, it's not what's happening. What is being offered, I think is a healthier way to think about it. And we can examine our own ways of thinking, our own ways of seeing and communicating in our relationships to try to increase the joy that we offer. So I'm actually gonna go on vacation for a few days, so I will not be posting. I do apologize, but I think it'll be a good little break. We have a lot of episodes now. And I ask that you, you know, if you're enjoying this, go ahead and share it, right? Go ahead and share the podcast. I greatly would, you know, I appreciate all the listen, all the listeners, and I'd love to, you know, kind of share this, spread the word on it. So I'll be back recording, I think on Wednesday, I'll have a recording for everybody. So until then, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.